When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Clubs, clubs, clubs. The Different Knock, an Arsenal podcast. Welcome back to the all all or nothing. <laughs> more 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 like nothing. <laughs> and also the podcast with Alexander Manipani and my very good friend Bradley Adams. Hello, oh, just your mate. Bit. Sorry. No, no, no. We're all good. Hello, sir. Hello, friend. Hello, listeners. Hope you're doing well. We are very close. Tomorrow is the big day. Arsenal's All or Nothing documentary is going to be released. I, for one, am very, very excited. Uh, there was, so, was it a sort of preview kind of gala night situation last night? It was near your house, wasn't it? Premier. Did you see Edu? Uh, I, I mean, I saw him out there. I didn't, there was quite a lot of people. So I decided not to join the baying mob asking people to quick sell Pablo Mari. Um <laughs> And thought I would just go home and have have my dinner. Uh, but yeah, it was it, it looked like a quite a nice event. Um, Daniel Kalua was there because I think he's the voice of the series. Isn't yes, he? yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, there were quite a few famous rappers in there that I knew nothing about, but the man at the the, at the shop across the road told me about, which was quite nice. Um, if you can't already tell by my voice, that's probably why I don't know anything about it. Just listen <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, I, I was about to say, quite a few famous rappers there who I yeah. uh, don't really know about. <laughs> it's the most old, like, oldie white man thing I've ever said. Um, but yeah, like, it was, it was, it looked like a nice event and... Yeah, I, I, there was quite a few online personalities there, which is quite nice. I like that Arsenal continue to kind of reach out into that. I um, The clips that we've seen... Look good in general. There was the clip that was released of Arteta, as we spoke about last week in the dressing room. However, if you didn't see this, there was a clip released yesterday of Arteta pre-Liverpool getting some speakers out on the training ground and playing You'll Never Walk Alone and crowd noise while Arsenal trained for our 4-0 loss against Liverpool. Now, I don't want to do results-based analysis, so let's forget the the 4-0 because you know it's kind of it's kind of we can't we can't say that was a bad idea because of the 4-0 that the 4-0 happened but in terms of the process uh I don't know it's just it's just a really memeable moment isn't it it's like our version of the apapia apapapa apapapapapa do you know what i mean it's i don't know what that is but i'll, I'll have you never I'll seen be- the spurs one you know with jose Mourinho? oh i'm his, with you or when he turns off the tv and goes fuck off yeah, I think, it's... Um, all I'll say is if Brendan Rodgers did that, we oh, would all be... Everyone would be eviscerating him. It's <laughs> hilarious. It's a bit partridge, isn't it? I have to say. Yes, yes. But what I... what the, the one... The kind of... One thing I will say is, listen, these people in these kind of jobs, they have to be in that kind of weird place and mentality to even consider going into something as stressful and as high octane as this. So it is no surprise that there is some booky, weird shit going on in the background. Yeah, yeah. I I follow uh, Joseph Olowu on Twitter. I think, no, I think uh, on the newsroom account, which I um, help Connor Ham with, I, I follow him. And he's always liking these kind of like mindset posts that are like, 
if the hustle doesn't scare you, your dreams aren't big enough type, you know, the fucking type of stuff. And it got me thinking, I was like, actually, I suppose football people probably are really into that kind of stuff. Like people who are actually playing the game, they probably do have all have sort of their screensavers as like, you know, lions don't care about the opinion of sheep or stuff like that. Because if you think about it, how else could you get through such a pressurized environment? environment? Like you have to have a few, I guess, a few kind of mantras and be into that sort of stuff to, you know, we all sort of cringe at it. But I suppose if you're a top level professional football player, that's probably the stuff you've been taught since you were eight years old, you know, because actually your life almost doesn't apply to the real world where those things start to fall apart. Do you know what I mean? You really, you really do need to think, think like that. So I get that. Um, but yeah, it was a bit partridge. It was a bit partridge to me. But hey, it didn't work. But there you go. If we if we won four <laughs> nil, yeah, everyone exactly. would be calling it a master strike. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Um, final thing, just because you mentioned Pablo Mari, where or who the fuck is Monza? I, 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 what isn't that? Isn't that an F one team? I, I'm pretty sure this is some kind of um, money laundering, but with footballers level of just Arsenal trying to get him off the books, so setting up a different club in a different league to he, to get him out there. Yeah, he is our Alvaro Morata. Well, listen. Uh, yeah, as I say, very, very excited for that. But we should move on. We are doing a yes. season preview podcast today. We We're looking ahead at the season to be 2022-2023. Considerably easier to say than 2021-2020. So that's the, the, the first positive from the upcoming season. We'll be looking at uh, top scorers, top assisters, um, league finish, player of the season. And then we'll be doing all sorts of other stuff and some over and under. Right. But before that, I wanted to start with this, about this idea of no excuses. And I think it's probably a good place to start in terms of the context of the season and how we're approaching the season in terms of as fans and as watchers and as observers, what our expectations are. Because I see people saying, <laughs> you know, I, I, every season is the, the, def- the defining season. Every single coach, every single player is going to have their defining season. You know, I, 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 I think sometimes seasons are more important than others. But you know, last season was everyone was going. Look, Arteta, you've got to impress us this season, or you're gone. And and so I don't. It's it's as important as last season. I, I would say. I don't know whether I agree with the idea of there's no excuses because I think, as in totally, because I think you then begin to ignore context. If a meteorite hit Earth. It's fair enough that Arsenal, you know, didn't hit or a meteorite hit London Colney, you know, and, you know, it's fair enough. That's obviously a ridiculous um, exaggeration. But the point stands that you can't ignore context and pretend that context mm-hmm. doesn't exist. There may be some context yeah. in which it's understandable that Arsenal don't don't reach their goals this season. We have to accept that. However, the sentiment I kind of see where it's coming from. And I think if Arsenal don't continue to make the process, uh, sorry, make the progress, <laughs> ironic, that they should this season. I I do think conversations need to be had, but that, that would have been true any season. So, you know, but yeah, what's your overall thoughts on the kind of no excuses lot? Because I'm not sure I totally agree with that. Um, listen, I think if you're talking about in the context of now versus things that could happen in a season, I kind of agree. Like, obviously, things can happen in a season that lead, you know, like you say, 
circumstances to be different and for us to not reach our goals. If, you know, if three, if, if Saka, Jesus and, and Marnelli all get ACL injuries at Palace. Don't do this. Touch wood. Don't do this. Um, no, but do, do, do you see what I mean? Is in like, there's obviously things that can come up in the season, but looking at it from the kind of blank context uh, after the business that's been done over the last three years, the amount of money that's been spent, the squad turnover, the trust, the belief. And I think where this is coming from is the fact that we did bottle it last season. I think if we'd have got fourth, there'd have been a, there'd have been a bit more of a forgiving air around kind of this season and the club but I do agree in a sense that it is Champions League football or bust for me I'm starting to really well it depends obviously it depends the problem with these kind of predictions is it depends massively on the context of the season if City Arsenal Chelsea United not United Tottenham and Liverpool all have the seasons of their fucking lives and it just becomes unbelievably difficult and we miss out by a point, that's very different to if we missed out like we missed out last season. So, but but I do think that uh, for me, I'm looking at it and I'm going, the, the receipt is racking up. The bill is getting large mm, mm. to the point where if we don't start seeing serious incremental steps taken to bridge the gap between being in that chasing pack and part of that, you know, top upper echelon group at the top of the table, I start to wonder if that's possible under this manager and what we're doing. And that's not to say, you know, no, I, I love him. I think he's, I think he's doing a great job. And I think this will all depend on what happens this season, which is why it's pointless having the conversation at the start of the season. Because you don't, you literally don't know what's going to happen. Like we could be plagued by injuries all season or Liverpool, uh, Chelsea and Spurs could all be shit this season and we get yeah. second. Yeah. Do you know yeah, I mean? I, like it, it's such a, and obviously I know that that's unlikely, but like it's still within the realms of possibility of happening. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree that you, I don't think you can say unless he gets, you can't, you can't, you can heavy pencil a unless he gets top four, you know he, we need to have a conversation. But you also cannot sort of sort of rubber stamp that until you've seen the whole season play out and, and the context. Yep. And, you know, ultimately we have to we have to take that into account, which is why I think these conversations are quite difficult and why I have a problem with the idea of no excuses. But on the flip side, as you say, this this bill for the players is racking up, and while I don't. Um, I see that as a good thing, regardless of whether we have Mikel Arteta in charge. I want him to be in charge and I, I I back the manager, but I think we've got a great young squad regardless who are a modern squad as well and playing the mo a modern way. I see that bill racking up and I see the project getting to a place where I don't know how much further we can go with it unless we get into Europe. Uh, sorry, unless we get into the Champions League. Like I think, I think we're in stasis and the likes of you know, Saka and Erdegaard and Martinelli and Jesus and, you know, whatever, like, let's be clear, they're not hanging around for long if we're not, if we're not looking, you know, say, say for example, we miss out on the final day and we've had an incredible season, but it's just, it just hasn't worked out. You know, it's, it's kind of fine. But if we, if we're stuttering to fifth or sixth, you know, this is, a, this is a very, very different conversation and we mm -hmm. have to, we have to be serious about that. Look, we have to take context in and, um, 
and what have you, but but it is a results-based business. And in the end, we've all stuck by this um, process, this project, which I believe in and I believe is going to pay dividends. And I absolutely want to, I want it to work, but we can't be in a process for 10 years, you know, and this yeah. will be, you know, come the end of, come the end of this season, if we're in fifth or sixth um, and haven't looked like we're seriously, seriously, you know, trying to get back among Europe's elite and all signs point to, I was, I was looking like it, Edu earmarked this season as the season we get back into the Champions League. There's been a significant period of investment, which is part of a long-term strategy. There was an interview on Arsenal.com, which I, I reference quite a lot. If you go look at it, they basically say, we recognise that a, a club like this, we have to have a period of significant investment before we can be more self-sustaining. So this is all on on brand. I don't think any of this, you know, even the all or nothing stuff, I don't. none of this is a, a mistake. I think this is all part of the... The transparency, the openness that we spoke about last podcast. But if that doesn't then happen, and there's no serious like mitigating circumstances, if we get I'm not, fifth I'm and, not, and we've got like eighty points, I think yeah, we, I'm, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not saying I'd pull the trigger. I just think serious conversations need to need to be had, and yeah, it's it's very hard as you say at the beginning of a season to go if no excuses if we don't get. X, Y, and Z, then the manager out. I think that's just a bit reductive. However, I don't think that's... I don't think it's a totally moot conversation, if that makes sense. No. But yeah. Um, let's have a look at the shape of the season then. Um, Arsenal's Premier League fixtures have been announced, obviously. They're announced... When were they announced? They're announced in June. Jesus. Um, I mean, significant moments. We've got the uh, the home North London derby in October... October's looking a little bit tricky. We've got Spurs, Liverpool, Leeds and Man City in a row. Other than that, there's no period that I think is absolutely mental. January is not great. Um, April could certainly be be tricky, but the beginning of the season's kind of fine. Um, pre and post, uh, sorry, pre-World Cup isn't, isn't crazy. Um... Post World Cup for a couple of games isn't absolutely crazy, so I think we, the the fixtures kind of look fine. Um, Arsenal tend to go through runs of poor form, i.e., three or four games where it just isn't clicking, and I think that's a young team thing. I do, but I'd also like to see that change this season in terms of the shape of our season. I'd love to see it turned around quicker because we can absolutely have games like we did against Southampton. The problem is, and I can't remember the exact order of which it was, but the, you know, the Southampton Brighton Palace game, however that played out, we can absolutely have, I think it was the Palace game first, that Palace game. And then that's fine. Those games happen, but it's about coming back the next game. And that's the character that I think we've missed. And that's why I think the likes of Zinchenko and, and Jesus are such big, um, big additions uh, mentally as well, because I, I I do think they'll be able to help us kind of turn those situations around. That's the big thing from the shape of our season. We're going to lose games. That is going to happen. It's absolutely, <laughs> when we're not, we're not perfect. We know that. But my big concern is once we lose a game or don't play well, I'm always concerned that we're going to go on a, a streak because that feels quite arsenal at the moment. It feels a little bit like the young players sort of, sort of get in their heads a little bit. And I'd love to see us go, nope, we lost that game. Shake it off. Uh, a lion doesn't care about the opinion of sheep or whatever. 
Yeah, um, I agree. I think that's something that the manager's got to get better at, you know, turning the boys around, refocusing them and getting them ready for the next game. You know, I think some of, again, it's really difficult to have those conversations without the context. A big reason that we lost Brighton was we stuck Xhaka at left back. And that was a stupid decision. And we dropped Sambi Laconga, I'm pretty sure. Uh, or, or was that remember. no? I think that was the game. That, I think that was the game where we played Jacker at left back and and Laconga by himself. Right. And you know, I'm. That's you're right. That's the thing that needs to change. But I think if you if you yeah, I mean, if you delve deep into things, there were there were reasons that we lost the Brighton game, and there were reasons that we lost the Southampton game that were also not to ju- not only to do with the fact that it was a mentality. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but we have become a bit of a streaky team, and it's important to be able to turn the, that vehicle round quickly um, and get it get it back on the right track. Otherwise, like you say, you know, those getting in our heads and losing those three games in a row is what really cost us come the end of the season. Yeah, and we can't we can't have that happening again. Yeah, and I don't see any. I'm looking at our fixtures now, and I don't see any period where you go, "Oh my god, okay, we're we're, we're really going to struggle in that period." There's no winnable games there. You know, it's not. We've not got Liverpool, City, Chelsea. You know, three in a row kind of thing. You know, there's there's definitely tough bits of the season. There's always going to be that. Um, but I think the fixture list has been fairly kind to us. Um, I am concerned about, for example, the opening game. Under the lights, sky, lots of expectation. And, you know, if anything, actually, if we lost it, it would feel like more of a disaster than last season, I think, because of how good the preseason has been, because we have all of our players and because, you know, we, we we feel like we've stepped up another gear. If we lost another opening fixture away on the on the first day of the Premier League season again, I think it would really take the wind out of our sails. And I worry about that kind of streaky thing. But look, we, we'll see. But I think that, for me, is the kind of big takeaway in terms of the shape of the season. I would like to see us recover quicker from, from those kind of things and not let things slide. Because, you know, we win one of those Palace, Brighton, Southampton games. And that those, those to me, felt like a sort of... They almost felt like a a, a, tri- a triple, like a sort of like three games where we were in the same kind of headspace going, fuck, 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 we got top four. Like it's in our hands and, and we're going to blow it, we're going to blow it. And we did. And I just love to see that kind of kind of turned around. So yeah, th- look, the fixture list has been kind to us and we will, we'll just, we'll just have to see. Let's get into some predictions then. Alrighty. Um, let's start with the most, let's start with the most important league finish where you think we will finish in the league now and let's say you know of course anything could happen but in a normal what is a normal season but you know a season where there's not some crazy outlier you know jesus doesn't 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 do his acl and you know we're, we're you know we've we're injuries are average and suspensions are average and you know whatever a, a sort of average premier league season with this team um you want to go first I'm going to say fourth. Um, I think we'll spend a lot of the season in the top four. And I think we'll spend a fair amount of it in third. 
But I think that, again, we'll face the same thing that we did last season. When it comes down to crunch time, we might drop a few points and, and slip down to fourth. But I think that Chelsea have had, so far, a horrendous window. You know, they're considerably, considerably weaker than they were last season. And they were very catchable last season. Um, and then you also look at Spurs. And whilst I think they've done very Conte-esque business, I don't even think it's very good Conte-esque business. You know, Basuma is a is a good player, but a profile that they already have. They have no final third kind of incisive passes uh, in the same. And that's why they were linked to an Ericsson. Um, they've finally got some rotation option for their front line. Um, but you're, you know, they just about kept in tow with the youngest Arsenal team in, in decades with Kane and Son doing their utmost and Kulisevsky being hotter than the sun for about six months. So, you know, Kulisevsky is naturally going to drop off and that might cause some issues for them, but I think it will be Spurs and Arsenal for third and fourth and it will be a bit of a coin toss between who... But I can see that young mentality again creeping in and, and, and putting us in fourth and Conte's haggard weariness dragging Spurs over the line into third. Yes, I think when you assess these things, you obviously have to think about yourself, but the competitive landscape is very important to take into account because ultimately that that decides in the end if if city and liverpool didn't exist we'd be in a very different conversation so you have you know you have to you mm-hmm. have to take these things into account so yeah i i'm going to say fourth as well i think it will be i actually think united would be better than people think but i don't think they've got the alignment yet on and off the pitch to sustain something so I think they'll end up. I, I basically think Chelsea, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, and Spurs. Uh, that's Tottenham and Spurs. Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, and United will be battling out for third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. I don't want to predict it, but I think Arsenal will come fourth. As in, I don't want to predict third, fifth, and sixth because I, 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 I see alignment in us. I see, I see alignment in our, in our thinking on and off the pitch. I see the principles of play that we've put together are modern, are adaptable, adaptable, are settled, are automations, are coached, our the way we're approaching the game, the progressors we have behind the ball, the movement we have ahead of it, and the way we move through the thirds, I don't see happening as much at other clubs. Now, that doesn't mean you can't play effective football, not at all, but I do think that means we can play play people like Spurs if we're on our game we have everyone I do think we can play them off the park I know it's only pre-season but we've seen we can play Chelsea off the park that can happen um, so it's not outside of the realms of possibility I think Chelsea are going to struggle I think they all they are a results based monolith so they will if if Tuchel goes say at Christmas then they will get someone else in and they will have a bounce you know no problem there but you know, I'm looking at their transfer business. And honestly, it, 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 it's not it's woeful. It's woeful. Well, it's it. It absolutely could be that they're signing world class players and 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 they're getting exactly what they need. However, it's a very scattergun approach. It feels like basically Todd Burley's playing career mode and going, "Who who are you trying to sign? Well, I want them as well." You know, and 
this whole carry on of inviting all the owners to dinner and I, I, it's a very strange atmosphere around him and and mm. the, and um and you know it may well be that this is all he's just coming in and he's throwing his weight around he'll calm down but i i don't know i this isn't how other clubs operate let's say that doesn't mean it's wrong but it does it's not how top clubs in the premier league with su- sustained success have operated doesn't mean it can't work doesn't mean it can't of work course. but it's it's a strange it's a strange way of operating. But you look at it and, they, you know, the tar- the targets are, are the thing for me. Sterling is a good signing. I'll 100% give them that. But he's on high wages for a five-year contract for a guy who's been playing Premier League football since he was 18. The legs will give out eventually. Koulibaly uh, could, could be great, could also be woeful. We've seen from exports that it, it can be a bit of a coin toss. I don't think he'll be woeful. I think he'll be all right, but I don't think he's anywhere near the player that Chelsea fans think he is right now. And they're apparently signing Cucurella for £50 million, which makes no sense. They have Ben Chilwell. They still have Marcus Alonso and Emerson Palmieri, all left wing backs. They have Levi Colwell, who can play left centre-back, who is apparently going to be a make-weight in the deal. But their midfield options consist of Kovacic, Ross Barkley, Kante, Jorginho, um, you know, Conor Gallagher. Their forward option is Sterling and just two kind of pair of gangly legs running up the pitch at the moment. Like, I, like it's the problem is when you get somebody in who literally has never done anything in the sport before, it is this scattergun approach and they start to see what successful clubs or clubs looking for successor buying and trying to steal that. But what they don't understand is that is tailor-made to what that club needs. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of always been the Chelsea model, which I, I do understand. But it what it means is you get seasons where you come 10th. That's that's the thing. You know, they have seasons where they hit it lucky and they've got the right squad and the manager that everything feels, mm-hmm. feels heading in the right direction. And then... And then the owner is king. So the owner goes, no, I want to compete with X, Y, and Z. I want to have some superstar signings. I don't really care about the squad makeup. The moment you start not backing the manager in terms of the signings that they want, because uh, I don't, I could be wrong, but I've read a couple of times that Tuchel said he, he didn't, not that he didn't want a player, but you know, it's someone that the manage, the, man, the board wanted. Same with Conte. I've seen reports with United in terms of Ten Hag um, that he, he's been vetoed on a couple of signings. Until you back your manager and choose a direction a la Klopp and Guardiola, you're not going to have sustained success. It's not going to happen. I'm I'm sorry. I say this all the time and I bang the drum, but name me a sustained success team. You can have quick success. Roberto Di Matteo won the Champions League with Chelsea. Great stuff. Was at Bournemouth about a year and a half, uh, not Bournemouth, West Brom, like a year and a half later. Yeah. Name me a team who've had success over, let's even say a three or five year period, who have not picked a manager and backed them and backed their vision and bought players to play the the way that they want to play. You can't. So it won't work long term. And I've already seen, we've already seen with Conte that he's, um, I think Jed Spence even said, he said he said publicly he didn't want him. I think he said something like, you know, it was a concert, it was a Daniel Levy and Paratici signing. So there's no mm-hmm. joined up thinking there. So look, I... We're ba- we're backing one person. We we have our balls in a in a Mikel Arteta shaped vice, which I understand. But I also think, considering the quality of the football we're seeing, considering how I think we're heading in the right way in a uh, right way in a right direction in a modern club, that joined up thinking has to 
come out somewhere. So I I think Spurs will do well because they have two world-class forwards, but we've added a world-class forward. We have. Um, I hope we add one more, but we've added a, another one. I think with the business we're seeing, I don't think we're done in the market. I think we'll at least get one more in. Um, you know, we, we look to be shifting out Torreira and Mari and Leno's gone um, and oh, Barry looks like he's going and all sorts of stuff. That Leno. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Accountants FC, what they a deal. They paid more for Andreas Pereira from Manchester United. How? Yeah, not not the conversation Edu, for this podcast, but... Fucking sort it out, you nonce. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, so, look, yeah, we we appear to have more drawn up thinking than others. Doesn't mean we'll beat them and have an amazing season or whatever, but I do think that long-term, that 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 equates to points. So we'll see. I think fourth. Um, but yeah, there we go. Let's do one more before the break. Who will be our player of the season um i'll go first on this one our player of the month for august will be gabriel jesus because it always is <laughs> whoever our main new signing is will always uh will always get um he could start zero games and yeah, still yeah. win it it's always it's always that i i think jesus will be very very good but there's a sneaky suspicion in me that it might go to someone like Martinelli. I think Martinelli might have a kind of breakout season. I think, especially because you're, of you're how stealing, we... You're stealing my comments from the spaces. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I think with the way we've changed our left-hand side and the way I think we might continue to change our left-hand side... Um, Brad's shaking his head at me. Um... I think Martinelli will benefit. I think the fact we saw him rotating with Jesus going out to the left-hand side, um, allowing Martinelli to come inside, which I think when he's not, when he doesn't have to stand there and he can kind of do out to in runs, I think he, he could do really well. The progression of Zinchenko, I, I think our left eight will be a significant improvement. So I think he'll have a breakout season. Rogue, like Martinelli rubbed out. Um, I will say Jesus, but... You know, when Martinelli gets the player of the season, I'll be like, no, no, I wrote that first. I wrote that first. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, when you you know when you write an answer on your maths paper and then you rub it out and you put something else in, and the second one was wrong. You're like, no, no, but I put it first. I put it first. <laughs> that's, that's my Martinelli take. I think it'll be Jesus, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Martinelli. You do have to consider how fickle Arsenal fans are as well. You know, we'll, we'll vote for the brand new player, brand new signing who's had a decent season. Um... I think it's going to be Martin Erdegaard, mate. I think the boy is so special. And having the captaincy, I think, will put a new spotlight on him that a lot of fans won't have been looking through and a lens that a lot of fans won't have been looking through last season. And they'll see what just an absolute world-class player that boy is. Um, I don't think there is a midfield right now he does not get into. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. And perhaps people think we're overrating him. But if you go and look at all the deep numbers, like the 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 sort of progressions, the deep completions, the XG buildups, all that sort of, the sort of less perceptible numbers, Erdegaard mm-hmm. is not just at the top. He's like miles at the top. Like he he's like streets ahead of everyone else. He absolutely at times runs this team. And... 
the thing with Erdegaard is I basically think he kind of suffers from a slight umlauted um, previous uh, number 10 type player at Arsenal where people think we're... I even see it now. People people put Arsenal in a, in a 4-2-3-1 in like... We've not played a 4... We have not played a 4-2-3-1 since... I want to say like what was that January we maybe it was no no it was, it was before then it was it was during the last time we played it was during that ten game run yeah when I'm, we were I'm, yeah I'm convinced out. I'm honestly I'm convinced people don't actually watch the football um but anyway people still put him there so he he stands in that number ten position for a lot of people in a lot of people's head no one plays tens anymore doesn't happen but anyway. So I think basically people go, well, Odegaard needs more assists. And I would like Odegaard to have more assists, absolutely. But think what you do by putting him through that lens is it's like judging, as Lee Gunner once did, Maitland-Niles by goals and assists. It's like you just miss everything. It's like, it's so stupid. Why would you do that? He, as I'd love Odegaard to have a bigger output. I absolutely would. I think he can shoot more. I think he can get more assists. I think he can add more in terms of output. However, watch the game. Watch him organise the press. Watch him get tactics off Mikel and shift things around. Watch him speaking to his counterparts. Watch him picking up the ball and progressing it. Watch the uh, tertiary or secondary value passes. These things are what Martin Odegaard does and he runs the team. And I don't think he'll be player of the season because I don't think people, because it's voted for by the fans. So I don't think people pick up on it. But I have to say, I think he's a, heading towards world class. I think he's he's incredible. All righty. Uh, let's go to a break and we'll come back and do the rest of our preview prediction podcast piece. We'll see you after this. Oh, geez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood. Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. Thank you to those of you who support us on Patreon on patreon.com slash diffknock. You get access to ad-free versions of the post-game preview and TDK Shorts podcast for just £3 a month. But the most important part is you're supporting the podcast, Aww. YouTube and more for less than a coffee a month and helping us grow. It really would mean the world. Speaking of coffee, for one-time support, head to buymeacoffee.com slash diffknock where you can... Buy me a coffee. Coffee. The links are in the show description, my friends. <sighs> a treat for all your ears. Right, let's carry on with these. Uh, young player of the season. You want me to go first? I'm, I am slapping my nuts on the table, big Willie Saliba. I, by the end of this season, honestly, he is, he's just, he is young player of the season. Um, and I think that, that also comes from the fact that our squad is now very full and filled out and I don't see a lot of breakthrough stars. I think that's one of the main reasons that Amari Hutchinson left. I don't see I don't see people like him or Marquinhos picking up significant enough minutes where they will be able to be labeled young player of the season. So I think it will be Saliba. Yeah, I or think Or as the Americans like to call him, it's Saliba. Saliba? Oh my god, Will Saliba, what a great player. 
Um, what a great defense for the roster. Um, yeah, I I want to say Saka because he should be and he probably will be. But no, I will. I will. I think Arsenal fans get excited by their shiny new toys. And I think Saliba will certainly be a shiny new toy. I think he'll probably come second or third. But I just think Saka is so talented that it would be incredible if his output didn't increase, his influence on the team didn't increase, his, you know, I I saw a stat the other day. Hang on, I'll find it now. It's from Statman Dave, um, which is a good... good Statman Dave. What a throwback. Do you used to watch his YouTube videos or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Last season, Saka had the most final third touches, dribbled past the most players, carried into the final third the most, had, took the most shots, expect most expected assists, had the most shot creating actions, scored the most goals, and ass- registered the most assists. I mean, this guy is—he's twenty, Brad. <laughs> so, <laughs> if he isn't young player of the season. He's That's player of the season. He's player of the season. But also, I think it, it could be a kind of Arsenal fans looking at their shiny new toy and saying... Oh, 100%. You know, but I think I think Saka should be young player of the season. And I'm going to say he will be. But I, yeah, I think Saliba very possibly might just come in because people think, think he looks good in the shirt and posting compilations of him all over. There's, there is a bit of a weird thing about Saliba. Do Arsenal fans fancy him? What is this? There's a slight, maybe a, maybe a little bit. There's a slight, like, vaguely sexual undertone to a lot of the way people speak about Saliba that I find really bizarre. <laughs> like, it's a little bit like, oh, Saliba, oh, water, but he looks so good. <laughs> it's sort of like, ooh, okay, um, yeah. I think it will be, uh, I think it'll be Saka, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, let's go to. Let's do. Let's get the the negative out of the way now. Most disappointing player. It's got to be Cedric Suarez. Come on, you can't. But it's like it's like booking a ticket to Blackpool Illuminations, and saying you're disappointed. It's like, well, you booked to Blackpool Illuminate. No disrespect to Blackpool. Hey, no problem there. I'm from Bournemouth, and you know we respect the. Uh, the B based. The B- Bournemouth is not a shit hole, thank you. Um What a shit hole. Jesus. Um You got a League One football stadium. Tell me another story like that in, in EFL history, mate. Tell me another story about the ten year rise with Eddie Howe. Unbelievable. Um yes. I think well, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I accept your take of Cedric Suarez. I think you can't be disappointed by something that you already don't expect to be good. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to say this. Ooh. Uh, people aren't going to like this. Should I say this? Go on, do it. Just do it. Just do it. Eddie and Ketia. I don't think it'll be his fault. I just don't. I think Eddie needs, he needs a run in the team. He's at his best when he feels confident, when he feels the guy. And he was the guy at the end of the last season. If you look at him in youth teams, if you look at him when he's been at Leeds, if you look at him in any kind of context, Enketia has been the guy who, when you go, you're our guy, he delivers for you, he performs for you. And I hope that kind of mentality can can shift. But I think unless he starts, say, 
three or four Premier League games in a row, he's not going to be able to show us what he can do. And I think he'll, you know, I, th- I think he'll get goals, no problem there. I just, I think the way he finished last season, we're not going to see that same thing. And because I don't, maybe disappointing is harsh, but I don't see, I don't think Arsenal fans are going to get the player they think they're getting because and not by any fault of his own I actually don't think I think it's because he he's just not going to get a mad run in the team so yeah sorry fair enough sorry sorry not everybody fits in the bad genre it's a genre it's a genre not everybody gets on the raster um surprise package you first or me first you go first mate Albert, da 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 Sam My pick too. Um, yes, I think he's going to see. I, I, and this is very heavily linked to the fact that I don't think we're signing another midfielder this summer. Um, I think that it, we'll get one more in and it will be a forward, hopefully. Uh, and he will pick up a lot of minutes at six, at left eight, where he's looked decent in pre-season uh, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people by how good he actually is uh, we'll see him a lot in the Europa League as well so I'm really excited to see him have another season under his belt yeah I I think it's a case of where he'll essentially go he'll essentially get into the team a lot more <laughs> it sounds simple but he'll he'll play a lot more minutes People will see more of him and he'll be able to show his qualities more. And then I think he might have some more confidence from being a number eight to go and sit back as a six in Europa League games or whatever it might be. I, When he came, when I was looking at him last summer, I saw a player who looked mature beyond his years. And what happens is you take someone out of a, a youth setup in that situation who looks wise beyond their years, who looks as though they're they're sort of more mature than those around them. And you put them in a very different context and they can take some time to find their feet. You know, you see it in, mm-hmm. you see, see it in everything, you know, you, you take, I don't know, Brad and I've worked in theatre, right? So, you know, there's all these sort of youth theatres around. And in a youth theatre context, you can have Billy Big Bollocks, who's definitely going off to drama school or whatever, and they look great. Then they get to drama school and they're, uh, you know, you're, you're in a different context now. You're in, you're in, you're in the big leagues, you know, before you you know get out to the professional world. And I think it's just taken mm-hmm. some adaptation where he's been the guy at Anderlecht. He's come in, Partey's ahead of him, Odegaard's ahead of him, Xhaka's ahead of him, and he's just taken a bit of time. Um, but I think now he's probably going to be thinking, okay, this is my season. I'm, uh, reportedly, he's been really impressing at left eight. Uh, Kaya Kanyak uh, from Football London said that... Um, supposedly the coaches are also absolutely raving about him in the left eight I think he'll get a lot of minutes and I think we'll see we'll see him a lot I think we'll see him a lot so yeah we'll see um, literally uh, right let's do trophies trophies sure you go first go on go on Europa League it's coming home it's coming home, mate. It's coming home. It's coming. Oh, 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 Yeah, I, I, 
think at least we should have a good run in it. Um, I think we're capable of winning it. I would be upset if we don't at least get to the semis or quarters. Like final, we, we sh- final. Yeah, again, it's it's always difficult because you know we're we're dealing with cup football, and as we so yeah, and as we always say, you never know. But if we're not heading towards that, and if we get knocked out because we're not good enough, that will that will annoy me. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I I think Europa is a fair fair target at least, I, and I think it will happen. But I appreciate that's probably it'll it'll depend on who also gets knocked out because my prediction is the Europa League, but it's got a massive question mark next to it because it. The problem with the Europa League is you can never tell until February who's going to be in the fucking thing because they obviously take people from the Champions League. So sometimes it will be Club Bruges or sometimes it will be Barcelona or, you know, Real Madrid or just like crazy yeah. teams yeah, 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 that, yeah. that shouldn't be in the competition. So I think there's, there's definitely a... Uh, a caveat to be had on let's see who's in the latter stages but i would be very disappointed if we weren't getting to semis and and finals yep Yep. semis is is a minimum is it um yeah i think uh (laughs) i think um it's just it's just so easy isn't it yeah it it kind of depends who drops down for the champions league if we're facing you know (laughs) prime Bayern. do you know i mean it's you know it's like fine okay but but yeah i i i Sadio Mane. Moshallah. Gaddy, Gaddy. Let's do our <laughs> random... I mean, Manchester United, I mean, honestly, unbelievable, ultimately, the, this moment in time, last 18 months. Um, let's do our random prediction for Arsenal. Okay. Go for it. We're going to be shit in the domestic cups. Okay, I see that. Yeah, I reckon. I just don't. I don't think Mikel cares about them. We've won. We've won. We've won the. We've won the important one. I reckon that's when we'll see fucking. I don't know. Matt Smith pop back out for his yearly appearance, and we'll get knocked out in the third round by like Blackpool United because we're playing. You know, Jack Henry Francis in an oversized shirt again. Yeah. And some random youth centre back in goal or something like it'll just be stupid and we'll get knocked out and then everyone will have a breakdown. But it literally it just doesn't matter. We've won the fucking aboard one. Let's focus on other things. Yeah, yeah, very possibly, very possibly. Um, I think you're right. Mikel doesn't care about them. <laughs> Probably if he got to the end, like if he got to like sort of semis and um, if Mikel got a semi, I think he'd be he'd care about it. But I think. Um, so sorry, I'm so sorry. Uh, my random prediction is: I think other managers are going to be rattled by Arsenal this season. I think we're going to annoy Klopp. I think we're going to annoy Ten Hag. I think we're going to annoy Conte a lot. I think we're going to annoy Tuchel. Roger. I think we're going to annoy them all because last season I started to see a few of those. I, I think there was one about Conte. He said like. Mikel should he's only been a manager for three years he should shut up basically something like that stop moaning yeah all I only hear him moaning Klopp he's always ready for a moan isn't he uh, Pep will always bum like Arteta absolutely fine but I think I think we'll start to see it because I think I think I think Arsenal 
will be doing well and beating a lot of teams and that is going to worry a number of managers and I think the in terms of the profile of those managers Conte is the type of person who will go after people in press conferences Tuchel has no problem calling out his own players Ten Hag I don't know his character particularly but I've seen him barking a lot um not as a as a dog in terms of barking instructions um so yeah I I have a feeling that we're going to start to piss quite a lot of people off um, because they won't like us being good again. That's the thing. It, it, it's it's another team who are good. So it's it's going to annoy a lot of people. It's more I think. difficult for United, for everyone to get back up there. Yeah, yeah. So I think especially, well, in, in every situation, you know, United fans especially, I think probably, um, are going to want to be reestablishing themselves. They're going to think, right, this is the season we're going to go for fifth and fourth, you know, get back to, you know, the United way. And I don't think we're going to let them. So we'll see. Um, prediction, wider prediction randomly for across the league. Have you got one? Yes, just two seconds, mate. I have two, but I'm just getting something up. All right, here we go. Here we go. Um, I have two predictions for you. Uh, I'm feeling generous today. Prediction number one, Leicester are going to finish in the bottom six. I don't think they'll get relegated, oh. but I don't see it. I think... I think they're, I think they're absolutely shagged, mate. Um, that is a spicy take. Schmeichel obviously was probably the worst, if not one of the worst, three keepers in the league last season. Um, but he's left, and they're left with Danny Ward and Iverson, two players who have not really played for the club. Um, they were on a massive downward trajectory the whole season last season. You know, they were lucky to finish where they finished, which I think was about eight or ninth. Um, they haven't bought us. They're the only club in Europe's top five leagues who haven't bought a player. They have no money. And it looks like James Madison might be poached by Newcastle. And um, it looks like Fafana could be poached by Chelsea. And it looks like uh, Tielemans still might not sign a new contract and could go for as low as 20, 25 million pounds. So as soon as they start getting that money in, uh, the the problem is, is they've really fucked themselves. We're now so late in the window. As soon as they get 60 million for Madison and 70 million for Fafana, that won't get them high enough quality players or enough players because people will know that they've got the money to invest and they will price gouge the shit out of any any player that they bid for. I think they've re- the, the, the Leicester fans should be really worried and really angry at the hierarchy for not getting these sorts of things done sooner because they really, really have buggered themselves. Uh, so that's prediction number one. And prediction number two is I think Man United will finish outside the top six. Um, they have not brought in enough quality, you know, David is fine, but they're still playing Delo and, uh, you know, a set-up partnership of Maguire and Lindelof with, you know, and this new guy, Malassia, might be decent, but I don't, I don't see, I don't see the cohesion. They have a bottom half of the table level midfield, you know, they've brought in Ericsson, but they don't have anyone else. They've got Ericsson, Bruno and Fred, and then they've got championship players. And Fred could not play a lone six and neither Bruno yes, nor he can. Ericsson. Yes, he can. Let him do it. Let him neither do it. Of, <laughs> do it, do it. But neither of those players can play eight. 
Martinez, is he going to be their left centre-back or their left-back or their DM? Like, I think he's he, playing centre-back in, in pre-season. That is suicide. Like Ten, Ten Hag has already said that he doesn't have the legs for midfield. They have not, they've still not sorted out this uh, Ronaldo situation. They're starting games with Scott McTominay in the midfield. And are we really trying to rehash Anthony Martial's career as a Premier League footballer? Like, he went to Sevilla and scored a single goal. What What's going on at United? I think I think they could finish like eighth this season. I think United fans are going to come into this season with a real impression that they're going to do something. And it's going to be like when we had the first season that we finished eighth after like winning the FA Cup. It's going to be horrendous for them. No matter what Ten Hag's doing. Sometimes, like, it's not a situation where a manager can get everything like some of these players are fucking dross man honestly how like Anthony Alanga is a good prospect he should not be starting in any team trying to finish eighth or above Anthony Martial should have gone a couple of years ago you know they it's 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 real worrying times I if I was a United fan again I would worry yes they are concerning Let's put it that way. Uh, just conscious of time, so I'll, I'll I'll run through these. I think uh, I think Tuchel and Rogers will go for Christmas. That's my prediction. I think um, I think Rogers certainly, because I I'm looking at the business Leicester are doing, and I'm thinking it's is that same thing again of expectation of of they've pushed their expectations too high. They had one they had one they had a season in a million is what happened. Then they went oh. We can establish ourselves this as a, can happen, yeah. certainly a top this six can club happen regularly, and they've put you know put a lot of money in. They've invested. They're still they're still coasting off that. You know they're still they're still going going off that the sort of inertia of, of that moment. Um, and I just think it's got to it's got to start to fall off at some point without some you know without them going starting spending sort of Chelsea Liverpool City money. So I I, I can't see that happening. So I think I think Leicester will go because of the expectations there. And I, as I said, I think uh, I think two will go before Christmas. Right, let's do our top scorers and assisters very quickly. Uh, Jesus and Saka for me. Uh, agreed for both. Yep, no problem there. Uh, over, under. Let's do this. Over and under. So I'm going to read out um, a stat. For example, uh, how many uh, haircuts will Tommy Asu get this season? Over 5.5 or under 5.5. And you will say over or under. Arsenal, over or under 69 and a half points. We got 69 last season. Will we get over or under that? Under will be 69 again. That makes sense. Uh, over. Okay. Yeah, I think over. I think um, I think we'll see con- uh, improvement again. I think all, all, if you look at the, se- the trends over the past three seasons... Expected points have improved. Expected goals have improved. Field tilts improved. Um, expected assists have improved. You know, you just every every trend looks like it's going in the right direction. So I and I can't see why with the additions we've got and with the way we're playing at the moment that would decrease. So yep, I'm I'm going over that. Goals we got 61 last season. So are we going over or under 61.5? Brother, we got 61 with Rick Ross as our centre forward. It's going to be over. 
Ramsdale, agree. Ramsdale clean sheets, 12 and a half, over or under? Over. I think we'll get somewhere between 16 and 18, maybe. 16? 16 is a good shout. <sighs> over just. Like, I think he'll get like 13 Ooh. or 14. Because I think the way we're going to play this season... I think we'll actually score quite. I think we'll possibly score fifteen or twenty more goals. I I I can see that happening, especially if we add a new forward. Um, because it's not just Jesus himself; it's the impact Jesus has on those around him. That all of their Agreed. output will will increase. So Jesus himself could get ten goals. I think other players will still step up at plus another forward. So I think we'll score a lot more. But I do think that means we might be winning games three one rather than one nil. So I think we might start to see that go down. But we will see. That's how time works. Jesus, over or under 20.5 goals and assists? Over. Is this in all comps or just the league? Sorry. In the league. Over. And Ramsdale was in the league and goals was in the league. Points was in the This cool. is all Premier League. Yeah. All Premier um, League. I think over. I don't think miles over. No, I think like twenty two. Yeah, I think he'll probably get like yeah, around sort of early twenties, mid twenties. Sixteen goals, eight assists. Yeah. Like my prediction for Jesus is I I feel like he'll have a really strong start and a really strong finish, and I think he might dip in the middle. Because I don't think he's been expected to be the guy very often. I think he's gonna have to adapt to a slightly different thing where he starts every single game. It is basically carrying Arsenal at certain points. And I think you'll have games where he scores like four like he did against Watford and people will go, oh my God, we've signed the second coming of Moses. But like, I think, you know, I, I just think that he hasn't been used to that long sustained period of doing it week in, week out. So I think, I think he'll have a, a little dip in the middle of the season. Bakayo Daka, 17 and a half goals and assists under or over. Over. Over, it's over. Yeah, yep. I mean, he got eleven and eight or something, so he's already over. So I think he can only improve. Saliba starts in the Premier League. Eighteen and a half, over or under. I also think this depends on Tommy Asu's fitness. Yeah, I'm going over, mate. I look at yeah. him and I, I just, just. think. He's and I keep saying it, and I this people was, hate it. But yeah. he's Van Dijk-esque. This I have to say, like one of my earlier Arsenal predictions was that he um, he will be our starting centre back by the end of the season. He'll we'll get him signed to a new contract, hopefully, and he'll be he'll be the first in in the pecking order of the three. He will be number one. Um. Uh, I'm going to go over because I think Tommy Asu's fitness is a real issue. I can already see him starting the first five games of the season because Tommy Asu has only just got back to first full team training and we'll want to we'll want to make a strong start. So we'll probably play Ben White at the right back and and Saliba at centre back. So I reckon over. Yeah. Yeah, I'm concerned about Tommy Asu. Um, I, ho- I hope it's like just been a number of setbacks that are different issues, but I, I worry if it's the same thing and I just... I mean, now we've got Saliba back, we can we can be fine with White there. Um, 
but one injury to Celebra White and you know, we're playing Cedric. So um, it is a concern. And it's similar to Tierney. It's like if, if another season goes by and he just can't stay fit, it's like... Well, get rid, get rid, move on by players that can actually get on the pitch. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the case. And and also, I think with Saliba, sometimes people go, well, what about, what about, what? Stop worrying. Stop worrying. If if they're good enough, they will play. And if they play, that's good for the team. So if Ben White ends up not playing, we sell him next summer, that's fine because it means that someone's been better than him. You know, we, we have to get, stop getting sentimental and because we there's a there's a bigger goal here. Final one, uh, Granite Xhaka, over or under... 38 red cards. Over just because of cup games. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to say under just because I think he'll be displaced towards the end of the season. And also because of the previous, I'm going to say like 20, 29. Obviously he'll miss games because of the red cards. So I think we have to take that into account. So yeah, I I think... (laughs) How many straight reds? At least eight. Yeah, a few of them were straight, weren't they? That's good to know. Bradley, we've just got time. For a little bit of Arsenal trivia. Last time I asked you, uh, Ukrainian players for Arsenal was the theme. And I asked you, when did Oleg Luzhny play for Arsenal? Between what years? Uh, between 1999 and 2003. Did you look that up? No, genuinely. That's bang on. Is it actually? Yes, yeah, bang Fuck on. Fuck off. 1999-2003. Incredible. Go on, Brad. I'm real. What a um, guess, bruv. The theme, what a guess. The theme for this week was Arsenal's FIFA 22 Ultimate Team Player Ratings. And I'll give you no guesses to guess who gave us that theme. Uh, the question this week is, in that game... What is Bakayo Saka's base rating on his gold card? What is Bakayo Saka's rating, overall rating, on his gold card? It is an abomination. Bradley, a theme, please. Uh, Famous Arsenal fans, seeing as there were so many outside my house yesterday. Rohan Jivan. Right. It's been a pleasure, Brad, as always. Um, Oh. The season starts on Friday. Fuck me. I hope you guys enjoy the game on Friday. Uh, I hope we're not all sad afterwards. I just, oh, I have a bad feeling. I think we're going to draw. But listen, whatever. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to be fine. The season overall is going to be good. It may well be that the start is is tricky, but we'll be fine. And um, we'll be fine. And I'm not I'm not saying it to convince myself that we'll be fine. It's, I'm just saying it. I'm just saying we'll be fine because we'll, we'll be, be fine. fine. Everything's going to be fine. And I've, that's, I'm not worried at all. Anyway, uh, thanks always for listening. Keep it different. I'll see you later. I'm absolutely fine. So thanks. Absolutely, literally absolutely fine. So just don't worry about it. It's absolutely fine. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock and Arsenal podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the Different Knock, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com. We're on all social media at Diffknock. Thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network.